We are back for another episode of the DBSA Wellness Wheel podcast. In fact, it is our last one of 2020. Maria, this is a big moment. We have to celebrate. (laughs) I know. 2020. Yeah, this episode will mark our last element on the new DBSA Wellness Wheel, environmental wellness. So 2020, year of years. We've been able to talk to six experts, soon to be seven, about the different areas of our wellness wheel. Good stuff. Yeah, it has been awesome. Uh, thinking back to like when we started this in May, I, how, how did we ever know we would end up like this? Um, so we are looking forward to talking to Dr. Legenia Bailey today about environmental wellness. But for listeners who may not know, environmental wellness really encompasses several different areas. It involves how you interact with nature and physical spaces, such as your home or office. And so it's about, you know, recognizing the benefits of the natural worlds, keeping organized in our built spaces so that we can, can feel well. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we're in a time where our environmental wellness has been really tested um so yeah yeah yeah. how's your environmental wellness yeah well and to that point I feel like we've um talked about this in almost every podcast um you know regardless of this being its own section it well I guess they all do they all sort of have this symbiotic relationship where they they naturally um plug into one another but um so yeah, new, it is a new season, um, almost officially, I suppose that's December 20th for uh, that to officially start winter, but um, yeah, I, and I think I've talked about this in other podcasts, but nature is, um, is huge for me, and uh, though it has been more difficult to get out and the weather being colder, um, doesn't help things. Uh, but I, I was at the park with a friend of mine last weekend and we were talking and I said, you know, when we were kids, there was no such thing as too hot or too cold. We were, we layered up and went out until someone called us to come inside. And I, I don't remember ever thinking I'm too cold. I'm going to go inside, you know? And so that gave me Um, I don't know. That just gave me some perspective of, I can, I can do this. Even if I didn't before um, the pandemic, like spend extra time out in nature, you know, otherwise I would be out with a friend having brunch or, you know, doing something inside, but getting out, but we, we don't have that option now. So uh, I'm going to go to the park as much as possible, see some trees um, and just be in the outside environment. Um, I guess, how's, how's your environmental wellness? Yeah, no, I mean, all you're saying is really resonating with me. I've been like trying to say to myself, okay, you can deal with being outside because it's a different winter, you know, living through COVID, going through this again and knowing, yeah, that, that our time outdoors, I'm thinking back to that first podcast we recorded with Dr. Holly Schwartz and she said, you know, just the light impacting our circadian rhythms. And I think like, that's the thing I'm thinking about most in terms of my environmental wellness that I do feel kind of like a seasonal dip. And so 
you know, exposure to light is super important, um, you know, to try to help us keep regulated. I feel like we're in the worst time though, Maria, like <laughs> December, the days are so yeah. like, short. Um, so yeah, really try to maximize the light and, you know, certain days in Chicago, there's even, there's no, it's, it's very, very cloudy. So it is, it is certainly a hard time of year for that seasonal stuff. So I've been thinking about that, um, for sure. Um, and it's made me spend a lot of money on adding additional lighting to my house. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and funny, you should mention that just buying in general, I've noticed since, so for, for people listening, Chicago, uh, where we are headquartered is in another stay at home order. And I guess in the summer when I was able to meet people on, on a deck or something, you know, socially or physically distanced, um, and being responsible, but now, you know, we're, we don't want to mix that up anymore. We want to be more careful. And so I'm, though I'm more prepared and, and less, uh, fraught than I was in the beginning when this was all so new, I have noticed that my spending habits have changed again. Suddenly, um, oh, if I get this new thing, it's going to fix everything <laughs> or, you know, just this, um, well, um, <clears throat> impulsive spending and um, s- looking for something to soothe me. So I've noticed that go up, even if it's, you know, it's not even... Christmas related for me. Um, it is, this is going to change my life. And it also reminds me that I left my, um, oh, my day lamp. Uh, what are those called? Oh yeah. Like, uh, your light lamp for yeah. disorder. Yeah. Yes. I left that at work. So <laughs> um, I've been meaning to drive to the office to grab that. Yeah. And- need to do that sooner rather than later yeah same otherwise i'll just order another one and spend impulsively <laughs> deal oh, yeah. uh, dr thomas richardson our finance yes. about how we can but i i've been doing the same thing and i think too like you know we've been talking about outdoor spaces but you know ever since the beginning of covid i've had the experience personally where my home environment has become just something of like constant kind of calculation and yeah, like um, I'm someone who likes things to be a certain very particular way mm-hmm. and being at home so much has given me more time to do like organizing type things and, and trying to get things to feel better. I think I do do that as kind of a coping mechanism and I think it gets too far when I start buying all the things, but I've been trying to be like, before you can buy all new um, yeah. organizing system, you have to, you know, donate to Goodwill and get rid of things. But <laughs> that's been um, something I've been focusing on a lot this year. Yeah, keeping, especially because, you know, my house is my work now too. Mm-hmm. Um, so really defining the spaces. This is where I'm working. This is the intention for that space. This is where I don't work. Here's the intention for that space. I think, right. I think we're all learning a lot about our, our, our work in our home environment through this time period. Yeah. I have been a lot more intentional about, um, not just closing down the work day, but, um, really putting 
things away. I'm fortunate that I, um, I don't have to have a big desktop system anymore. I can do everything on my laptop. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's easier to shut the laptop, move it to my bookshelf and, um, and then eat my dinner on my dining room table instead of, you know, but that, you know, we're, uh, how many months, nine months into this. And I'm finally really starting to address that. Um, I didn't make it a priority and it was, I'll just, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave stuff here and then I'll go, um, eat my dinner in front of the TV and, uh, which that affects other parts of my wellness. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I, it's so, I'm, I'm sure it's, um, appropriate that I, I don't, at least the way I'm feeling right now is we're talking about every single area of the wellness wheel, even though we're just talking about environmental wellness and that, you know, I mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast too, but it's just, it keeps hitting me again of how connected this yeah. all is. Yeah. yeah. Just talking about it out loud. I'm seeing more connections as I go. So uh, thanks for listening to me ramble everyone in the world. <laughs> Who no, I think, you know, now that we've talked to experts from each of the spaces, yeah. I think it's way, you know, it, it's easy to see where there are a lot of connections and where, um, you know, I mean, a, a constant theme, I think, that has also come out of these conversations is just, you know, taking small steps to make improvements and make changes, um, you know, things along that nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to dive in with uh, Dr. Bailey to see, um, you know, Dr. Bailey is a very, very cool, uh, very, very cool person and has some great ideas about space and energy and nature. And um, I think she's going to have give us so many insights that yeah. we didn't even think of yet. Yeah. In fact, um, she did at the very beginning of this, you and Legenia did a wonderful podcast on you know the start of covid and and some some wellness tips in there so for everyone listening please go back to the library of podcasts and and have that listen too because she is legenia is worth a listen so as is hannah as you all know from these past podcasts just depends on the day um well this is great i i I am looking forward to speaking to Legenia and uh, and I know she's going to have some good tips about COVID and holidays and managing our inside outside environments. And we need those tips right now. Again, I'm I'm excited to just talk more about how this experience has really, really, I think, made us all consider our environments in such different ways, right? Because we've been living um, you know, in our homes, maybe working from our homes. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, even beyond this experience of living through COVID, if you live with depression, bipolar, there are certainly environmental elements that can be, um, you know, that can get exacerbate symptoms or mm-hmm. make it more challenging. So yeah, I'm excited for her to kind of give us some, some things to think about and watch for, if we're feeling a little more symptomatic, what, what things can we control in our environment, what we can, um, and how, how, how we can kind of help ourselves in this area. Yeah, it'll be good. All right, well, let's bring Legenia in here.
Dr. Legenia Bailey is the founder of East West Integrative Healing. Her soul's mission is to facilitate holistic wellness for her clients through the use of Eastern and Western science. These sciences include sound, mindfulness, and traditional, as well as complementary healing modalities. Dr. Bailey is a board certified neuropharmacologist, a yogi, musician, and singer. She uses her knowledge to help guide people to wellness. Dr. Bailey, thank you so much for joining us today. Maria and I are so excited you're here. <laughs> Just thank hearing you. your bio is, I can't wait for people to hear, hear your voice. <laughs> thank you so much, Maria, and also Hannah. I'm so glad to be here with you. And as you know, I am very grateful to DBSA and I love y'all. So thanks for asking me to be on today. Absolutely. And you know, we share the love. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, with your wealth of knowledge and your awesome, super unique background, I just think yeah. it's a great time to talk about environment. So just diving in kind of with a real basic question. What is, you know, what is a healthy environment and what does a healthy environment mean to you? Well, for, for me, I think environment is about all the ways that we live. So I look at, for me, environment is my, where I'm at, at my home, you know, my desk, all the things that I walk around in every day, which I'm required to be home. Mm -hmm. um, also, and so that's kind of the macro environment. I look at nature because that's a really important piece to my wellness, but also the inner environment of the brain. So the concentrations of different neurotransmitters, neurochemicals, and how to have a healthy brain environment as well. So those three, three things are critical to my wellness, to the wellness of folks, and, and to be considered when we're spending so much time locked down in this, these days of COVID precautions. We have um, talked in other podcasts too about the Neuroplastia. Um, I'm going to botch all the scientific uh, biological <laughs> terms, but we have talked um, in some cases in detail about the, um, and nobody can see me, but I'm raking my, my head right now with all the, you know, the neural pathways and how we get mm -hmm. stuck in certain things. And can you talk a little bit about um, what that is? Absolutely. When we talk about the brain environment, neuroplasticity is kind of a key to the adult's ability to modulate and heal our brains. So there's uh, several key components to having a healthy environment for the brain to repair itself. And these are basic things that everybody knows to do, but and everybody gets shoulds all the time. You should do this, you should mm -hmm. do that. But the question is how to do these things. So with being at home so much, I think having same time, same place for the ways that you take care of yourself. And neuroplasticity, some of the key experiences, having an enriched environment, exercise, sleep, and good nutrition. And when we talk about all those types of things, um, having an enriched environment, it's kind of like if you look at the pyramid of like food groups, you know, the pyramid for brain health, the bottom layer is exercise, the middle layer is doing things that are innovative, and that includes brain training, those types of things that are innovative, reading different things, learning a language, playing music, all the things that make your brain consider things, doing puzzles, 
all the things that make your brain consider different aspects. And a really key part of that is sleep and nutrition. When we sleep, we clean the brain of byproducts. So it's kind of our flushing system to make sure that our brain uh, gets cleansed of byproducts from the day of thinking. And the other thing is nutrition. Are we looking at inflammation? Are we eating a diet that inflames our brain more? Are we eating a diet that provides healthy cofactors for the brain to actually make neurochemicals and so for the nurse to function properly? So cofactors we think of as vitamins, um, amino acids, uh, omega-3 type of um, environments as well. Um, so adding all those into our diet to make a difference in how our brain functions. Exercise is critical. So we have something called BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And BDNF is what sets the stage for our brains to, and our neurons in our brains to grow. So every time you make a memory, every time you have a thought, the brain changes itself. And one of the things that stress does is it actually makes the environment less likely to change itself. So anything that we can do that makes an environment of health for ourselves to decrease our stress, increase the cofactors in the kind of brain bath that promotes health for our nerves is a really good thing. You know what I love about this, Maria, is that at the beginning, we were just talking about how, you know, this is our last wellness wheel episode of the year and each area, oh, Dr. Bailey, we have found is so interconnected. So I love that you're, you're giving us kind of the foundation of, um, so this is like physically what our brain spaces need, you know, um, and <laughs> And, and, and yeah, so I'm wondering how, you know, you think about, um, you know, all those great things we can do for our brain, how, how then we might also, you know, modulate our environment to continue to be supportive of that, of that kind of work, you know? Yeah, thank you. Um, we have in yoga therapy, we have something called the Panchakarma model of health. And it basically speaks to, and the simplified version is basically we have five ways that we exist. We have spiritual, mental, emotional, energetic, and physical. So if you can think of things that influence, we already talked a little bit about the mental processes and having a healthy brain environment. But the, the question is, is, are you addressing everything else? And the example that would be so many people talk about, you should meditate, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction, the different types of meditation forms that you can put into place and how important that is. But, you know, from the ancient Vedas, the texts about meditation and when you should meditate, part of what they say is meditate at the first light of the day. And surprisingly enough, the only brain structure that is reactive to light is your pineal gland. And the pineal gland is the first structure in the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or HPA axis. The HPA axis is what controls our parasympathetic and sympathetic drive or our stress reactions. So that's one reason like 
you know, you wake up, you meditate, you start your day by resetting your um, axis of sympathetic drive. So are you going to have like a fight flight type of day? Or are you going to have start your day calmly? And that's um, so important for the inner environment as well. So, you know, what sort of practices are you putting in place for the thoughts you're thinking? You know, do you start with a thought and it keeps going down a certain road towards negative thoughts? Or are you trying to put together affirmations and practices that keep your thoughts in a, a different trajectory? And I, I love, I have a friend named Brett McKay and he's a life coach and he has something called the 1% principle. And that's is if you can shift your perspective, even 1%, what happens in the long run is you end up in a very different place. So it's this shift in direction. And I think that if you can make one little change that makes a difference in your total outlook, the way that you connect to things, the way that you engage in the thought process, and that's why affirmations are so important. That's why, you know, paying attention to your emotions, not pushing them away. And for me, one of the things um, in meditation practice, there's something called Integrative Restoration Institute or IRIS practices. People probably have heard of it. It's called Yoga Nidra. And it's, um, they've used it a lot for folks with PTSD, veterans hospitals. Richard Miller is the person that developed um, this technique. And, and what it does is it basically allows you to experience emotions, step back from emotions, experience emotions, and then experience them simultaneously. And by doing that, instead of running away from emotions and kind of trying to push them down, it allows you a gentleness, a level of compassion for yourself, and also to kind of tune into what's your emotion trying to tell you are the things that you need to do in your life that the emotion keeps bugging you because you're not changing the trajectory what you're doing and for for instance with me you know when we talk about our, our environments i've got a lot of paper on my desk you know i'm mostly on um, zoom calls all day long and so i'm looking at my desk right now i have papers all over it and it's not the best place for me to look because every time I look at it, it's like, I have so much more to do. Mm. And the fact is what would be calming is, you know, at the end of the day, what I do is I try to put things in order so that when I come in, I'm not overwhelmed by just what I'm gazing at. And I think that's really, really important that our, what we look at in our environment that there's a level of uh, tidiness or a level of calmness. And, and you can gauge for yourself, if I look over to my right, is what I'm looking at relaxing or does it make me anxious? And, and that's part of being at home, you know, taking time out to put things in proper perspective. And you can think about that as your internal environment as well. And I think of thinking of things in my proper proper perspective. I have a concept that I often teach about in meditation classes, and I call it vertical versus horizontal living. And vertical is, 
you know, kind of my spiritual practice where I'm connected to things or the essence of what doesn't change all the time. Do am I connected to myself as being instead of doing things to make myself feel better? And um, I'd much rather be there and I try to focus on that practice versus being a horizontal liver where my thoughts are in the past and I worry about things and that's kind of leads to sort of a depressive feeling about, oh, I should have done it this way or that way, or thinking about things in the future, which leads to anxiety because I don't know the outcomes of things. So if I can use those breath practices, use those meditation practices to pay attention and put into place the types of things that are critical for me to do to change the trajectory in which I'm heading. That's a really important piece. And that's where the spirituality comes in. I had, and it, so Thanksgiving was alone for me. And I went through a whole journey of <clears throat> what I thought that was going to be like, what, how I headed into it. And, um, uh, you know, it wasn't a great day, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I made, um, I mean, Thanksgiving dinner is one of my favorite meals. I wasn't going to not have it. So I made the whole shebang and, um, I, and I ate it for an entire week. Nothing else just leftovers, but, um, it was all delicious. But as I was prepping, um, you know, I'm walking in my hallway and I see, cause I have cats. I see these cat dust bunnies, you know, and, um, I realized that I don't want to look at that when I eat. And so I vacuumed and I sort of prepped my apartment as though someone else were coming. Mm -hmm. And it made for a lot better. Um, I just, I, I bring this up because it speaks to what you're saying. What are you looking at when you, you know, whether you're working or living, what is in front of you and how does it affect you? And uh, I was really proud of myself for um, like, tidying up and making a space, creating a space for myself that, you know, given the situation, how could I make it the best possible um, environment for me? And uh, that was such a big deal for me. I mean, so much so that a month later, I'm talking about it on a podcast, but it, it really, it really was a, um, a mindful moment and taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I think that really important. I mean, do you have things that are beautiful? Like, um, you know, in my office, I'm sitting in my office here, I have, um, you know, I have pictures up all over the walls. And they are pictures um, of not my brother painted. I have um, a picture of an eagle flying over a mountain, because if I look at that, if I can soar over some of the things in the mountains to give me strength, I have a picture of me paddleboarding. I have a pictures, I have pictures of friends and family kind of um, all over my office. You know, since I'm in my office, since where I work, I have a, a Chinese symbol for wealth so that I have the prosperity coming in. I have some funny things as well <laughs> around my office that make me smile. And one of the things, um, you know, I have this little tiny picture my mom gave me that is up, up, up on the wall that said you, that says you are special. Mm. And, um, you know, it's just, it's so nice to be in here. I have a picture 
uh, a piece of wood that has, says, has an old painted sign that I, when I was surfing in Costa Rica, that I picked up on the beach that says surf and uh, literally picked up on the beach that washed up. And, um, so that's your environment is what you look at all the time. And we talked so much, um, we talked before about, you know, the pineal gland re being reactive to light, it actually creates melatonin. But what you take into your brain as the images um, are so critical. Like, for instance, um, I wrote a thing today. Uh, unfortunately, one of my very, very close family members uh, has been positive for COVID, and it got a little intense this week. She's mm -hmm. doing fine. She's going to pull out of it. But um, it was pretty scary. And I didn't, I didn't actually tell anyone about this because what you visualize, what you think about, about somebody with regard to their health, your own health, is usually what happens. So, you know, I wrote on um, my Facebook account, like, you know, when you hear the word COVID, instead of being scared, Think of that person in their best possible outcome. Think of that person getting completely well. Think of that person sitting down at Christmas dinner with their family and enjoying themselves. You know, it changes our entire energetic system ab about what we think. And um, that is so critical. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about the three different environments, you know, what, what you have right around you, you know, your inner environment of your brain and neuroplasticity and how important that is. But I can't encourage people enough to look at going outside mm -hmm. and making a change. I mean, you all have heard of um, prana or chi or the energy around us in the environment. And the fact is our body pulls in energy from, you know, the ground, the air, the sun. You can just tell in Chicago, there's a sunny day. Everybody's outside. It's awesome. <laughs> yep. So, you know, if you are in a, um, a city environment, you think about the energy of the ground when you're on cement, it only comes up to about your knees. And then you, if you go out into the woods or something like that, I mean, in, in Japan, they have things called forest bathing, where you go out and you spend time in the trees. It's because the energy comes up higher on your body and it's absorbed more. Um, you know, I, I have people ask me, how can you be a yogi and a neuropharmacologist? It's all about energy. Whether I study the tiny little separation of neurotransmitters from receptors, or I study the interaction between us, it's all about how we interact and is there a conformational change that affects the energy of us as organisms in the brain or between each other. And those things are so critical. I mean, how many times have you walked in a room and you go, oh, there's good vibes here. Yay, I'm in. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, this is not, this is bad vibe. This is yeah. bad vibe. Because you feel it. So making your environments, all of them, that have the best possible energy you can is really, really critical. As another Chicagoan, you know, I have a lot of trouble with the winter. You know, I have a lot of trouble with the short days, have a lot of trouble with the 
days in which it's so overcast and it feels like we didn't see a minute of sun. I'm just wondering, you know, you've lived also in Chicago. I'm wondering if you have any ideas just about, you know, ways we can try to gain, you know, some of that positive energy, um, even if we can't fully be outside, even if we can't, you know, mm. like, is there little steps we might take to make that feel more accessible during the winter months? Because it's challenging. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's it's really, really important to how we take things in, how we take things in. And uh, I mentioned before the pineal gland actually produces melatonin and it's the only structure in our brain that's reactive to light. So where are the places that we take in light? You know, for me, one of my nemesis is looking in, on social media at night. Mm. So, you know, I have like strict rules about, you know, turning things off, you know, um, making sure that I go to bed at a good time. I get up at the same time. I get up early in the morning and, and do meditation practice and how I take in life. You know, seasonal affective disorder is a huge thing here in Chicago. And on the West Coast and the farther north you go and the longer the days are, um, I think, you know, the practices that we know using light therapy, that that can be extremely effective uh, for folks. I know in my yoga room, I have a light box that I use when it gets so dark out and learning how to use those correctly. It's very, very important. I think, um, you know, same time, same place, having practices you put in place that informs your body of the different times of the day. And if you're chaotic in your sleep-wake cycle, if you're chaotic in your exercise cycle, in what you do as far as your practices, how you eat, the types of things you eat, when you um, engage with other people or not, um, you know, try to schedule things so that it's the best possible outcome for your health. But I agree with you with the seasonal affective disorder. That's a that's difficult for folks who are in the winter months. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. I I've traveled fifty percent or more of my days for years, for twenty years, and I used to love to go in the plane because once you got above the clouds, you got sun. <laughs> And I think that was a big piece. Um, so in this times of um, social distancing and staying at home, it is more difficult and you have to be more intentional about how you do things. What have you found to be helpful, Hannah? Well, I was gonna say um, in the first part of the pod, Maria and I both said that we left our light boxes at the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where we use them. Um, so taking a trip to go grab those. Yeah. I, I do think that, yeah, I do think that the light has helped and, um, and I should have got it sooner because now it's December and I'm like, these days are so short and it's <laughs> yeah. so painful for it to get dark. Uh, but we should say, yes, what you're saying about correct use of light boxes is super important. So for yeah. listeners, make sure you look up, you know, especially if you're a person who lives with bipolar, it might not be the best option for you. Um, so, yeah. yeah, well, and this, I just, um, going back to a couple things that you said, um, I think, uh, I, I hope this isn't a blanket statement, but I think a lot of times, you know, people who live with anxiety also have an incredible imagination. 
because as you were speaking to earlier, um, you know, the, if this person is ill, think of the best possible things because no matter if it works or not, it's keeping you in a state of, um, uh, you know, keeping you in healthy, you know, healthy as possible emotional range. And it's so funny to think about, it's so easy to have our imagination go down that um, dark path, at least it is for me and other people I know who have talked about anxiety. I mean, that this is where it comes from. You start to worry about things and your imagination goes wild. And so I've for a while now tried to work <clears throat> on the opposite <laughs> um, and having my imagination go wild about positive things. You know, we're, <laughs> we're talking about 40 years of uh, change. So, or trying to change after 40 years. So, you know, it's a slow process, but uh, and to your point of, um, you know, the outside space and, and bathing, I think, uh, you know, being in Chicago, we have this gorgeous lake, whether it is, no matter what season it is, it is this mighty, um, body of water that I instantly feel grounded when I go to, whether it's stormy and those things are crashing or it's, you know, calm. Yeah. And it's, I always feel so welcome and, um, uh, wise, not that I'm wise, but it feels wise to, you know, I don't know, I'm a it's, big it's fan big of water. You know, the thing is, it's bigger than us. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you have things going on and you're, you're with depression, and anxiety, everything feels overwhelming with your, at least for me, my own experience of who I am, it's too big. Like there's too much going on. Yeah. And if I can step outside of myself long enough to be of service to somebody else, that really helps. Mm. If I can step outside myself to actually take deep breaths, you know, seven breaths, three times a day, deep breaths changes your entire energy signature. You know, your aura, your chakras, all the types of things that pull in and pull out energy. If you, if you believe in some of the ancient uh, Vedic teachings about yoga and meditation, it changes everything just to breathe and, and going out and looking at that big lake or that big river or that big tree or whatever it is, that also is a change in perspective. So, um, Maria, you and I ra are raised in the same hometown. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Out of all place in the world, we found that out early on. Yeah. And uh, it's along the Mississippi River. And I remember as a, 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 as a kid going and sitting and looking at that river. It just changes perspective. Mm -hmm. So something that big and that beautiful, um, you know, it's just there's a place in my heart that know that there's some divinity present. There's something bigger than my problems. And if I can step outside of myself long enough to realize that and have an attitude of gratitude, that's a big thing. Um, I know one of my friends, she, her, her son got sick, you know, uh, with the virus and she was in inconsolable. So I had her do this practice. And if you all want to do this for a second and, um, you know, think about somebody or something that's kind of, you know, not in the best situation at the moment, 
the first thing you do is you take care of your own self and you think about you bring in the energy you think about something that's awesome that's like the best thing ever and you think about it so deeply that you start to feel what's your best day ever or your best experience ever or your best moment ever and you bring that to your heart and you start to feel it as if it's currently now hmm. and then you bring up the experience of you know one of your friends or something's going on it's a concern and you imagine that person completely resolving and the person calls you on the phone and you think about them telling you that everything is great and not only are they telling you everything great you become more excited about what they're telling you than they are and that practice of visualizing and experiencing it as true in the current moment changes your system and the way that your energy is present and you know sometimes if i'm worrying about something past or future i go but how am i right at this very minute how am i right at this very minute and um, my two favorite things are well music of any kind and the other is paddle boarding because both of them i am right there because if i'm singing or i'm playing i really can't think about anything else mm. and if i'm on lake michigan on a paddleboard i surely can't think about anything mm. else because i'm going <laughs> to fall in the water so um anything that you, you do that you get lost in in the moment is a good practice so whether it's needle pointing or cooking or spending time with friends even if it's a zoom but whatever you can be in the moment and know that you are okay in this very second that's the place to to be and to focus and pull yourself back into i i um oftentimes you know people say well i'll meditate but i can't you know i i, I think about other things i'm like well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I've redecorated my house so many times in meditation. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's kind of like training a puppy. It's like sit and stay. Okay, come back to where you're at now and your breath. You know, it's hard to think about things and breathe at the same time. So just come back to your breath, come back to your body, come back to the now. And that's all you need to worry about is right now and it and and just being present versus doing something and that's a that's a thing if you're always reaching for something outside yourself to do to make yourself feel better there's never going to be a a point of contentment it has to be an inner working and you know there's a lot of apps there's a lot of apps there's a ton of apps out there i i looked at them you know there's the insight timer um you know there's um brain training apps, brain HQ, uh, neuroplasticity apps. There's all different types of things that you can use to be present. Um, I even have an app that goes off every once in a while that says breathe. And, uh, you know, that's a good app to have that tells you to breathe. <laughs> I have an app. Um, oh, geez, what's it called? It's an app that you enter um, 
messages to yourself and it um uh it just randomly pops up during the day something that you wrote like I did one that's I always do you know sentences like you're doing way better than you think you are and um you have accomplished you know so these these positive affirmations I wish I could think bright notes is the name of it and there are no ads that come with it it is just this tiny little app that someone created because they needed to do it for themselves and uh it's just the perfect maybe the only app I don't not like on my phone I have I have calendar alerts like I have like in the morning I have a 7 a.m. one and an 8 a.m. one and it says one says thank you for this magnificent outcome thank you for this magnificent outcome thank you for this magnificent day and those are the first two calendar alerts that go off every day so you know programming those things in as reminders to be grateful was good do you have any um, nighttime ones? Out of curiosity. You know, I, I, so one of the things that I've noticed lately is that because of the Zoom and I'm often online early, because um, I, I do meditation at six, um, I have alarms that go off that tell me to go to bed. At nine o'clock, <laughs> I have an alarm that, that plays a lullaby. It's like, whatever I'm doing, it's my, it's my note that if I'm doing social media, get off of it, you know, close it down and start to prepare myself for the rituals of going to bed. And I started doing stretching even before I go to bed mm -hmm. and affirmations about gratitude. Like right next to my bed, I have a, um, a rose quartz stone that a friend gave to me. And every night before I go to sleep, I, I like touch that stone and I say all the things that I'm grateful for, hmm. you know, and that's the last thing that I have in my brain is gratitude. Um, there's another technique that I learned from um, pranic healing that it's called the, the whiteboard erase technique. So you imagine um, putting a big white erase board in front of you and you write on that erase board the things that happened on the day that you weren't too keen on. And it's more about you, like what did, how, you know, what happened that I would like to change. And then you take a, a, a violet eraser, like a violet, like a big white eraser with violet around it and you erase it and you write down how you would like to do things differently. So say like if I was, I was cranky at my spouse, you know, I'd write that down what I did and I'd erase it and I'd write down how I would do it differently. So it's kind of like this inner reflection and then firm resolution about how I'm going to change it the next time. So it's just a reminder. It's just a race in the day and putting a different energy into it before I go to bed at night. So I do that quite a bit. Um, I really like that piece. It, it forgives myself for anything that I didn't do that was um, according to my liking. And I also allow myself the compassion to know that I can change my behavior and I can change my reactions and um, that I'm human. You know, we're all evolving. We all make mistakes. And that's part of learning in this life. It's a beautiful thing.
That is rose quartz that I think needs to be moved to my bedroom now. I really love that. <laughs> it is really, really good to have that. So those little things. Yeah, it's good. Well, I think um, I think that's nighttime. This is a perfect way to wrap up this um, podcast. And I just want to say, listeners, I told you this was going to be good. So um, Hannah and I both knew that this would be lovely. And I always feel so calm when I am <laughs> around you, whether it's Zoom or in person. So really, I can't, I can't wait to give you all a hug. I, <laughs> I know that I am missing hugs. <laughs> I know. I know. So to, to those of you listening, just take a minute and just imagine us hugging you. And, well, you know, let's just, let's just do a virtual hug and be like, oh, <laughs> so good to hug you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. thank you so much. And um, I, I wish you the best and the best holiday season and everybody out there as well. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. You too. Thank you so much dr bailey for sharing um, your wisdom and your time and yeah for putting us in just utter yeah calm so, <laughs> i appreciate that well thank you for all that you do for everyone out there you all are are tireless in your um commitment and your big hearts and i really appreciate both of you very much i've known you for a while now yeah and, I'm very grateful to know you and for everything that y'all do and DBSA does to make the world a better place. So thank you. Thank you. And thanks for everybody who has followed along since June when we started this. It is the end of the year. So let's end it with gratitude and rose quartz if you got it and some calmness. Make sure to check out dbsalliance.org slash wheel for all the wellness wheel resources and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter to see what wellness wheel activities and and experts we have uh, for 2021.